Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? Greetings to all of you people in Los Angeles, California. Those of you in Florida, New York, across the Fruit Plain, other countries. Singapore again checking in last week. How are you, Singapore? Nice to see you. You had a big event. <laughs> you had a big event last week, didn't you? And all of those who are listening off planet, greetings to you as well. This is episode. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying it. How we doing, man? I'm feeling, uh, you know, I'm feeling crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's nice to have you today in the big show. We're going to be doing Anthony Bourdain and what's killing us. That's the title of it, Anthony Bourdain and what's killing us. Um. So many of you checked in throughout the week after Anthony uh, passed away um, due to suicide. And frankly, the conversation, I don't think I didn't have, I don't think I've not had one conversation about Anthony since he died um, last week with uh, folks checking in, whether uh, it was with clients or whether it was uh, just a casual uh, conversation. And so we need to talk about it, obviously. And we're going to talk about that. Um, the book year, we're so damn close to having it all uh, happen, and it's not even funny. So uh, be looking for that. Again, I'm kind of slow in the mix of uh, putting crap online about it, but uh, I'll put it up maybe in the next couple days, so don't worry about that. We'll make that happen for you, I promise, and um, everybody will know where they can get year, uh, the little book that we put together. Uh, again, I wrote it in 2017, and uh, my very dear friend uh, Rob Supan put the design on it. And so that alone should just make you fired up about seeing it because he's a hell of a designer. And again, if anybody out there needs uh, design, um, you can go to Supan Creative or Rob Supan. Google S-U-P-A-N is Rob's uh, deal. Uh, if you need me, I'm a spiritual director, mentor, coach. Um, don't really like the coach word, to be honest with you, because I'm a spiritual director at the end of the day. Spiritual director. You like how I do that? That's so East Coast, and I keep doing that, like spiritual director. Um, but if you need spiritual direction, if you need a little mentorship in your life, I'm your guy, jrman.com, J-R-M-E-H-O-N.com. Um, part of this podcast today uh, was inspired by another guy named Brandon. You can find him at Brandon, brandon.com. Um, good friend of mine uh, who I talk with quite often, uh, we were just uh, nosing around the subject of Anthony Bourdain and the in the business, um, of killing yourself. And, um, I was like, you know what? Uh, even though I was going to talk about something else this week, I think it's just pertinent that we talk about, uh, that, um, it's not going to be heavy, man. It's not going to be this heavy. Don't go kill yourself. You know, it's not that man. We're going to, I'm, I want to talk about why we're killing ourselves. That's what I want to do it. What's the why. And then what are some of the, uh, you know, some of the ways, man, that we can just kind of get off this jacked up rails that we're on right now, because it does need to be talked about. That's me beating my desk. Um, the other good thing is we're starting uh, next week. So I'm taping this on a on the 14th of June, and next week we start our spiritual direction training. And there's a bunch of people in on it right now, uh, and we're doing it in Carlsbad, California. If you are not in Southern California and would like to get in on the spiritual direction training, we have it set for the curriculum is basically uh, there's a bunch of books and, and then some 
kind of cohort activity, if you will, workshops uh, throughout the year. But it's designed to go through a year, and it's designed that you can duck in and out of the training throughout the year. Uh, but eventually, uh, we come to a conclusionary kind of understanding. But there's six workshops throughout the year. There's a bunch of books that uh, I'm recommending everybody read, and we come together, and we just kind of get um, – educated and trained on what is spiritual direction and the necessity uh, that it has in life. And and because here's the deal, right? I mean, everybody's kind of a spiritual director at the end of the day, spiritual director at the end of the day. Um, if you're sitting down with people and intently listening, right, without the lean in of fix, because look at the the majority of us want to fix and, and, and God bless you. I get it. I get it. I totally, somebody brings you a problem. You want to fix it. That's kind of in us, but um, we're doing that training. So it's, it's really about how to sit with people, listen, and really find the movement of God. That's what it is. It's looking for the movement of God and not necessarily um, fixing. I mean, maybe there's a little element of advice giving in session, but for the most part, it's really two people sitting down looking for the movement of God. And God's out there. He's there, man. Universe, cosmos, however you want to fashion it. However you want to link that to yourself, go for it. Uh, but this cosmic, great, loving energy of God is happening. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so great. So fantastic. Everything you want to know about me, jrman.com, jrmahon.com. If you need me, there's numbers and websites or uh, emails and all that kind of crap. Be more than happy to entertain. Uh, and I will return your phone calls, just so you know. <laughs> I will return. Um, okay, so let's get into this. So uh, Anthony Bourdain, uh, suicide, dead. I had a, I, I had a friend, um, have a friend, uh, who introduced me um, to Anthony Bourdain um, and all his magically delicious uh, uh, activity several years ago. And then we had the opportunity to go to Vegas and actually see him live. Um, and the guy was wonderfully authentic, wonderfully vulnerable, wonderfully like inviting into his life. And that's why I'm assuming this resonated so well for everybody, because he was kind of a regular dude doing some extraordinary cool things that we were all like in on. Um, Richard Rohr has got a quote and Richard Rohr is a monk, um, runs a contemplation center, really cool dude. Um, and he's got this, this great quote about community that I just want to kind of set the tone with as we talk today. Um, Richard War says this of community. He says, community is the most neglected and probably the most difficult ingredient for us to hold in the United States. And for the most obvious reasons, we have come to worship at the altar of independence, individualism, and autonomy. As much as there is a deep hunger for connection, common purpose and kindred hearts, there is a merciless, deep-rooted entrenchment in the forces of competition, freedom, and self-rule. As you might guess, when I say community, this is Richard Rohr talking, as you might guess, when I say community, I do not mean the bowling community or even the church bowling community. Rather, I mean a community that makes very intentional commitments, including those I have mentioned so far, Engagement with those of engagement with those of the margin, the marginalized, justice education or formation, simplicity, prayer, and peacemaking. So I just I want that to be kind of the the central couple paragraphs as we go into this because I when I read that the other day I was like, man, we do know what's killing us at the end of the day. We really get it. 
uh, it's it's just the idea that we're all going to lean in a little bit and uh, shave some of the crazy off. Uh, and I don't mean crazy mental health. I just mean crazy as the world goes around and just tumbles on top of each other constantly. That's what I mean. Uh, and we are going to talk a little about mental illness, and we are going to talk about the stresses of, of, of this country and of this world too. But when I say craziness, I just mean the tumbling nature of what we're into right now. And it's just... It's just this, it's this it's big fat cement tumbleweed that's rolling through our lives right now, and in some way, it's not that I'm saying put the brakes on it, and it's not even another way. I'm like, hey, let's change our lifestyles altogether because I know that's a big pain in the ass too. What I'm really asking for everybody to do is have a consciousness and awareness of what's going on in front of them today. I've got my own stories of suicide, and uh, I've been fairly honest with the folks around it. Uh, I have been through depress- you know, depressive states in my life, Abs- absolutely. There was a time in my life when I thought it was a, r- a real deal, like, hey, go for it, because that seems like the only way out of this misery and pain um, that was going on. So so I, I have those stories, and let me help you out. Like, I don't suffer from terminal uniqueness at that point, because I know a lot of you, if not all of you, um, have come under some depression in your lives. Like that's just the normal course and season for, for human beings is to have some depression, depression, uh, in there too. Now, I also know there's those of, uh, those of you who suffer from, from mental, uh, you know, just some stuff going on is a mental ish and that's real and nobody's ever going to take that away from you. And, uh, if, if you're in that category and, and I just hope you're seeking help and everybody knows about it. So I'm not taking anything away from anybody today. In fact, again, quite the opposite. It's let's come to consciousness and awareness of it all. Um, I've also had in my life, I'm 51 years old, uh, two people very close to me, uh, committed suicide, like dear friends. One, when I was a late teenager, put herself in a car in a garage and turned it on, uh, and fell asleep and died. And it, it, it literally changed the trajectory of a lot of the ways I think in my life. She was very, very close to me. And, uh, not only did it, I mean, gosh, it, it, the suicide itself ruined a lot of forward progress for a lot of people. And again, I don't think at the time it was, I was pissed at her for doing that. It was, this is such a sorrowful, violent act not only of herself but of her community that it what you you couldn't help but take notice especially when she was that young i think she was uh, 17 18 well no she was probably in her she's probably 20 21 um when she took her life so uh it was just violent it was vi- it was you know i mean as as death goes it wasn't quote unquote violent but as an essence it was violent because it just struck such a a division into the community that she was in that you were you were forced to take notice of what was going on around us meaning her suicide allowed us to look at one another and look deep inside of us about what the hell was going on with us not only her uh, another woman uh, that I knew very very well um, helped mentor disciple um, killed herself literally um, I was her last conversation uh, that she had before she hung herself. And that played with me like you wouldn't believe. And I'm sure you can imagine that kind of holy shit uh, understanding. Like uh, I talked with her, um, spent a, a bit of time with her during the day, and then left her. And then within a couple hours, uh, I got a phone call uh, that she had hung herself. So that played with me like hardcore. Again, another violent like stab into the community of where she and who she was with, and uh, it landed on me pretty damn hard, and it took me a, a number of years 
to properly deal with that trauma and to properly deal with what was going on inside of me, what was going on inside of her. So I get it. Like this is a subject that I get, and I just tell you that as I ramble through this because um, I'm going to tell you what's killing us, and and you're going to agree. Like you're not not going to agree with things I'm going to say, but it, this is an awareness and a consciousness deal that we need, and we need this awareness, we need this consciousness. I don't think this is just necessarily going to find a group and talk about you know why you're depressed or why you're stressed. This really becomes an awareness and a consciousness for us all, so we can really start hopping on the things that matter. Uh, the CDC, um, the Center for Disease Control, put put literally the day before Anthony Bourdain killed himself, the CDC launched out a, a report on suicide. This is what they say. This is the CDC. Suicide is the leading cause of death in the United States. Suicide rates increased in nearly every state from 1999 to 2016. So it takes a while to compile all these stats, obviously. So as they compile, years goes by. That's why it's 2016. Mental health conditions are often seen as a cause of suicide, but suicide is rarely caused by any single factor. In fact, many people who die by suicide are not known to have a diagnosed mental health condition at the time of their death. All right, so we need to keep that in mind. The other thing is that Chronic depression, like you would think, oh, they're chronically depressed, they kill themselves. More people, it it turns out the chronically depressed don't kill themselves in the alarming rates that people that have these stresses or just conditional aspects of life pounding on them do. So we have to understand that too. Other problems often contribute to suicide, such as those related to relationships, substance, relationships, listen, other problems often contribute to suicide, such as relationships, Substance use, physical health, job, money, legal or housing stress. That is every single one of us. I did a video last week that got 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 around a little bit and appreciate y'all watching it. And that's everybody. That's everybody who doesn't have relationship problems, who doesn't know or is in some kind of substance use situation or a physical health problem or a job. Right? A job is kicking your ass. Money pro- problems are kicking your ass. There's legal trouble in your life. This is America, man. Housing stress. You live in Southern California and you don't make a certain amount of money in your household. You're screwed. That's how that goes. <laughs> you move. That's a stress. <laughs> That's a stress on everybody. Or you own a big fat house in Southern California and you are making that money. And then there's this constant gerbil wheeled get the hell out of my way so I can go make this money to keep this big house stress. Suicide rates went up 30% in half of the states since 1999. 30%, 30%, 30% since 99. What has happened since 1999? What's going on since 1999? And I'm not simply going to blame suicide on social media, y'all, because I know that's where you're going. I'm not going to blame suicide on social media. There's a chunk of it that, that is there, and we have to acknowledge that in some way because I love my social media just like y'all do, right? I love it too, but we have to, we have to acknowledge what, what's been going on since 99. More than half of the people who have died by suicide do not have a known mental health condition. We know that. 45,000, nearly 45,000 lives lost to suicide. Well, no, that, no that's, that's all, all jacked up. I don't read this. Sorry, I must have copied that wrong. Problem. So what's killing us? So what's killing us? The speed at which we live and are told to live. I'm going to go through a number of stuff. 
And again, n- none of this is going to not be common sense. But again, I want to raise awareness. I want consciousness in on this. I want you to not only look in your life in the mirror and go, yeah, man, I'm in that cycle too, right? But I also want you to be able to have the empathy for other people in the cycle as well. Because just like I said to Southern California, like in my little neighborhood, and I live in the little neighborhood, right? There's like all the houses kind of look the same and there's, you know... You know, you drive into the neighborhood and, you know, everybody's about about the same speed work in my neighborhood and in the whole nine yards. But, I mean, from house to house, there is stress about every damn thing under the sun that we just listed, right? So, like, I look around and I want a consciousness and awareness that those people are struggling or those people are living like I'm living as well. Yes, some in higher degrees of understanding and consciousness. Sorry, I don't know what that was. My body was just doing something weird. <laughs> Some to higher degrees, but my point is an empathetic view to my neighbor, right? The point is, is that life is stressful. We are living at, we're, we're just, uh, we're living at a speed that's just, it, it's just way too out of control. Our speed in our lives in 2018 is like absolutely insane. Everything's got to be done right now. I'm going to pull up to McDonald's. I'm going to get the damn hamburger in five minutes, or I'm going to be pissed and I'm going to complain about waiting more than 10 minutes for a hamburger. Think about it. This is what's happening. I watched a woman get pissed off the other day at the gas station waiting for another woman to simply pump gas. Everything was full or every, uh, you know, pump was full and she's just simply waiting and she's getting pissed at the speed. We're talking five minutes, five minutes. And she was agitated by how long she was taking to fill her car with gas. And I don't necessarily think it's an individual problem. I look around our culture and our society right now, and that's what's happening. If you don't get your hamburger in five minutes at the window, you're pissed. What the hell's going on? Can't we move this line? I mean, you know what I'm saying. We love words like grind and hustle. If you get on Instagram right now, grind and hustle. They're hashtags too. There's website, grind.com, right? And, and grind and hustle are, are all about one thing, and that's the amount of activity and work that you are doing. You don't talk in terms of grind while you say, I'm loving my family. Man, I'm out grinding today, loving my family. Man, I'm out hustling today, making sure I love my family. Now, somebody will say, but I'm out grinding to love my family. And that's bullshit. And I don't care who you are. If you are placing the activity of your work, the activity of your entrepreneurship, the activity of your life above that kind of activity with your family and love, you need to rethink your priorities. And this is my point. My point is that's what's killing us. What's killing us is words like grind and hustle. What's killing us is the perceived idea that we're, if we're not grinding and hustling, we are not worthy or have no value to the community. We have an insatiable appetite to be known. Our, our appetite to be known in America right now, based on whatever, is in, it's insane. It's everything from I'm going to go shoot up a school to be famous, or I am going to do something crazy ass on YouTube so you see me, so I can be known. And frankly, man, that comes from the, this horrible essence of the ego, which is just so desperate to be known, this desperate essence that the ego has, constantly trying to be satisfied and gratified through being known. And social media doesn't help that, obviously, because you, know, you, can, go, you can go eat a pile of dog crap online and it'll get a million hits. So the quality and substance for how and what we're trying to be known by 
really blows right now. And we have to understand why do we want to be known? And it's usually that desperate essence of what ego is. But that's a thing. Like that, uh, to be known is a thing. I'm going to do this to be known. And although that's not the billboard of our lives, that certainly is what's happening in and around in 2018. Technology fuels our desire to compare. Technology fuels the desire to compare. If you're like me and I hit the Facebook, there are times when I'm just scrolling and checking out of life and doing my life to your life. And that, that's real. Like, I don't, again, it's like, I guess, and I hear people, man, to tell me they don't do that, but I don't buy it for a minute. And I, again, it's like, at some, at some ways, like, let's equalize this conversation and all come to the table on this. The technology is fueling that comparing thing. So if you're in it and you're like me and, it, and occasionally you're checking out and doing my life to your life, your life to my life, like, you recognize that. You got to recognize that. Is it a dangerous thing? Hell yeah, it's a dangerous thing. Because it puts you at a lower value and worth for yourself, which leads you down the road, not up the road, right? So you got to check in and have some health about that, like why you're scrolling Facebook or why you're racking through Instagram or how you're looking at people at the grocery store or what you're driving to what they're driving and what the neighbor's doing to their lawn, to your lawn, and what your kids are doing to what their kids are doing. You got to have a healthy perspective on this. And the healthy perspective is the more you compare, the more you, the more you compare, the more you will find things that are better than you <laughs> or more things that you wish to have that would make you feel better. Like all those attachments to people, places, and things that are all bullshit too, because you won't find happiness in people, places, and things, period, end of story. So, but technology helps us to do that and everybody's got a phone and everybody goes deep diving on that. Everybody goes compare diving. We all do it. And we need a consciousness and a recognition of it because that's the kind of crap that'll drive us down, not up. And that just is. You know, Anthony Bourdain, like I heard this line. Well, he had everything. He had a TV show. He had money. He had travel. He had people around him. He had great clothes and great place to live and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Now, I, don't, I can't tell you the reasons what, would, what was going on in his brain when he hung himself. I can't tell you that. No, Anthony's the only one that can at the end of the day, or maybe somebody super close to him. But at the end of the day, I think we're at epidemic understanding here where we just need to go, hey, everybody, beyond beyond a personal demon, beyond a, you know, maybe even a, a strong mental health problem, there's a big fat thing going on in 2018 that's driving people into the insanity of the want to kill themselves and check out permanently. Technology also fuels our desire to stay quiet. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard somebody talk to me about a friend of theirs, a family member of theirs, somebody they knew that committed suicide, and they said, well, nobody knew. Nobody really knew what was going on with that guy. And technology drives that, that it fuels that desire to be quiet because of the comparing bullshit going on. Because we compare and we start to have a lower self-worth or a lower self-value, we start to get quiet. And I'm not talking necessarily about people not talking. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about people that aren't sharing, people that aren't communicating well about what's going on in their lives, around their lives, or with their lives, or even the deep dive of understanding feelings. And I really want you to start asking yourself that question. Am I deep diving on myself? Do I tell on myself? Do I allow people to know me? 
or or is the fervor of 2018, the grind, the hustle, the social media, the competition, the sense of independence, the sense that I got to do it, me, 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 I, 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 is that driving me to be quiet because I don't value myself or find myself worthy enough because other people are so much better at every other damn thing than me? And that's where we've got to lock and load right there. Because even the people that are doing it don't know what the hell they're doing for the record. I'm just telling you right now, even the people that are, even the people that you're looking at, they're like, oh man, they've got everything going on. It may look like they got everything going on, but I'm telling you right now, they're just figuring the crap out too. But we need to get there. We are living unable to be satisfied. We are geared to wanting everything all at once. Again, I call it drive-through theology for the Christian church. For the Christian church, it's like drive-through theology. It's like we drive in Sunday, we do, we do 9 o'clock, we drive out at 10.30, and hopefully we're filled up for the week. Then that's just not, it's not sustainable, and we do it every place in our lives. One-hour workouts, I'm going to read my daily thing for the inspirational deal. I'm going to, I mean, we, we have all these, we have all these little things that are going to, you know, satisfy us, but we're never satisfied. And the reasons we're never satisfied is because we're not touching true value of who we are. And true value of who we are is found in the divine, period, end of story. But JR, I find it, no. True value is found in the divine. When you start touching the love of God, when you start touching the love of God and reflecting it back into your community, you will meet a peace and love that, I mean, holy shit. I mean, it's incredible. And that's all there is to it. We are geared to wanting everything all at once. Amazon, holy mother, you can find everything on Amazon. Boom, there you go. There it is. And that appetite creates more appetite. That sensation creates more. The problem is it never is satisfied. We do every damn thing we can to ignore what is happening inside of us because we don't think it's happening in others. We do everything we can to ignore our stuff inside because we don't think the stuff inside of us is happening in other people. And I'm here to tell you, as much as we want to keep telling ourselves that everybody's different and everybody, everybody's got an individual, we are all the same at the end of the day. We are all the same. Our essence is the same. Happy, sad, mad, glad, joy, depression. We are all the same at the end of the day, and we really need to realize that. We need to ingest that, be conscious of that, aware of that, not only in ourselves but in other people. We put ourselves under unbelievable pressure to be the best, know the best, and strive for the best. Come on, y'all. I know you're hearing me. I want the biggest business, the best business. I want to be the best in this industry. I want to be number one. I want, I, and that's what it sounds like. For years and years and years, I was in a business that was just geared for one thing, being number one. And when you were number one, you were the shit. But it didn't matter. <laughs> Nothing about it mattered. I cannot tell you, you know, I cannot tell you for all of the energy that I spent in television trying to be number one. And believe me, I had my successes. I had great successes in TV. For all of the successes I have, I can't identify any one single 
conversation that led to that or this other than the fact that I worked my ass off, ignored my family. I had a good time. I did. I enjoyed the business very much. In fact, I still love TV today. But at the end of the day, what I was working for on that number one status meant very little to my soul and meant very much to my family, right? It meant very much to my social life. It came at a bunch of different costs. And I thank God that I'm aware and conscious of that. That's not why I'm not in the business, for the record. Why I'm not in the business anymore at 51 is because what I'm doing right now is really the value, true self of who I am. It's not following a dream. It's listening to what's going on inside of me. And boy, I'm so happy that I realized that, that I became ordinary away from that, that I became much more centered and at peace with who I am in the world around me versus constantly chasing The need to be number one and engaged is a constant competition. The need to be number one and engaged is a constant competition. We are are out to constantly push back, ignore, go in front of at any cost of anybody or any process, any methodology, any group or any tribe. That, That constant competition in our society has really divided us. It ain't Trump. It ain't Hillary. It ain't Republican, Democrat, y'all. That ain't it. And I know some of you want it to be that, but it's not. Social media has taken the social out of the personal quest for love. At the end of the day, our technology has taken the sociality out of our quest for love because we can be individuals, because we can grind and hustle by ourselves. But at the end of the day, we need love. But at the end of the day, we need to give love. But at the end of the day, we need to belong to love. At the end of the day, we need all these things. We have peeled back from community in lieu of individual achievements and individual competitions. We have peeled back from the community in lieu of individual achievements and individual competitions. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't have a competitive order when it comes to like, hey, I'm the best runner or let's go to the Olympics or any of the crap like that. I'm just saying what has happened to us as a result of mainframing individual competition and individual achievements. Right? Because at the end of the day, we can't believe without a community. We can't love without a community. We can't, we, you can't. So, although I'm not going to like take away from the track meet happening this week with your, with your kid or whatever is going on, like he's the best horse guy or the best dancer, like however you want to fashion that's fine. But we have to understand what the essence is inside of us and how we're moving away from community, how we're moving away from the ability to love as a result of that individual stuff that happens either inside of us or for other people. So we need to be aware of that. Ultimately, we have stopped talking. Ultimately, what's killing us is we have stopped talking. We have literally decided that silence about what is happening inside of us is better than the alternative because obviously it's not happening in you, but it's only happening in me. We are suffering as a, as a people with terminal uniqueness. I am the only one with this or that. I am the only one that can or cannot. And we need to understand that that suffering from not talking is killing us. So at that point, what do we do? And I know we're at 31 minutes, but I'm rushing. What do we do? We got to get into people's business. You've got to make other people's business a part of your life. And I'm not saying like you're a pain in the ass. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're asking questions, deep centered questions and listening to what is happening in other people's lives. I want you to know that if you've got a neighbor that you haven't touched base with, touch base with them. 
Start with, here, here, let's make it even easier. Start with the people you live with. What's happening? How are you doing? Yeah, but they don't talk to me. They don't say anything. That's okay. Make it your business to ask. Make it your business to listen. Don't worry about what's coming back to you. Make it your business to be in their business. Don't allow your day to end not knowing him, her, them, or you. Don't let a day go by that you're not in in some kind of understanding or knowing him, her, them, or you. Take opportunity to get to know people. I again, Brandon, who kind of inspired this the, this this whole deal, uh, takes Ubers home and he and he enjoys the hell out of asking questions about to the Uber drivers, or vice versa, right? Or or just telling and talking. Get to know people in your in your community again. Start with the people you know and then move outwardly. Turn off the damn coverage. Whatever the coverage is in your life, turn it off. Whether it's Trump and Hillary or Russia or, or even if it's about suicide, turn it off. Turn off the coverage, man. Stop reading the crap. Stop ingesting the garbage. Start turning your thoughts to higher degrees of enlightenment. <laughs> right? Turn off the coverage. Nothing going on there is going to help you. Move to the heart, move to the heart, move to the vulnerability, move to authenticity, hear the voice in you calling you to love being with people and loving people and helping people and knowing people. Got another good friend in LA working at an unbelievable place, like a place that everybody wants to work. Everybody hears this guy and what he does and they're like, I wish I was you. And he calls me the other day and he's like, yo, where's the fulfillment here? And again, we walk through the attachment issue, right? Because the attachment, like you hear me say it all the time, listen, no people, no place, no thing is going to make you happy. So you got to go searching and do the deep dive in you, do the deep dive in community, do the deep dive with the divine, start to really understand what you're vibing, what you're desiring, what you're wanting, who you are. Things will work out that way. Move to the love of God. And again, at this point, I'll, you know, some of you, this may be splitting hairs. I really don't, you know, I'm not really into that chair or whatever you want to do. But listen, start to move to the love of the divine. Learn to at least accept love. It is the hardest thing we're going to do in life. And you heard me say that before. The hardest thing we do in life is accepting others' love. A step above that is accepting the divine's love. Is being able to allow God to love us. And that means you have a little faith. That means that it's okay to look at yourself and understand that you are okay and there's nothing wrong with you because we're all going through the same cycle of shit at one point or another, or we're all going through the same cycle of joy at one point or another. It's not just crap. The universe is not out to kick your ass. It's out to love you. Move to the ordinary. Move to the simple. Move to community. Move to the ordinary. Move to simple. Move to community. You know when I say move to the ordinary, how many people, I cannot tell you what kind of reflective crazy I get when I say be ordinary. Because in 2018, nobody out there just wanting to be ordinary. There's nobody out there that doesn't want a star on the sidewalk or their name in lights or their YouTube a million hits or their Instagram at 2,500 people following. We so don't want to be ordinary. But I'm here to tell you, ordinary is peace. Ordinary is happiness. Ordinary is you accepting who you are. You really in love with your humanity. Ordinary is the community that you're around loving you and you loving them. Ordinary is you being able to see somebody and go all in on their problems. Ordinary is you being able to be all in on your problems. 
ordinary at the end of the day is understanding the great cosmic love story that we are all embroiled in one to another. Ordinary at the end of the, at the end of the day brings peace. Simplicity brings peace. When you keep it simple and you stop with the individualized insanity of grinding, hustling, competing, and you start loving with empathetic view to the people around you, that's where you go, babies. Move to know you. Move to know you. Who are you at the end of the day? Know yourself through the eyes of God. What does God think of you? And I know some of you are like, God thinks I'm a jerk. He doesn't, man. He, he yeah, it's flatly just doesn't. Move to know you through God, through community, and through great friends. Ask your good friends, hey, what do you think of me? Ask them. Ask them and tell your great friends what you think of them. Do it. At the end of the day, talk, talk, talk. Do nothing but talk. Talk so damn much your jaw hurts. Talk so damn much you get TMJ. G? What is it? TMJ? Yeah, sure. Talk, my brothers, my sisters, talk. At the end of the day, here's the big thing. There's nothing wrong with you. I know that religions, mainly the Christian religion, has done such a damn good PR job at looking back at humanity and going, you suck. And without this, you can't go and enjoy yourself. And it's all crap. There's nothing wrong with you. God made you in love, in his image. He did, man. And he, he so craves a wonderful and enjoying relationship with you. He so craves that you enjoy this life that we're in right now because being human is fantastic. And I hope you get to that point. And the way you get to that point is you start really understanding your humanity and saying there's nothing wrong with you. Even if you're depressed, even if you struggle with anger, even if you struggle with pride, even if you struggle with arrogance, there's nothing wrong with you because it is the human condition. And at the end of the day, it's like, hey, man, how do I, here, you go, ready? Well, JR, how do I stop being depressed? Well, JR, how do I stop the arrogance? How do I stop the, how do I stop, like, I I hear you all. At the end of the day, I'm always going to say it's you tapping into the divine. It's you looking at yourself in the mirror, getting honest with yourself and sharing that with the community and then working with the community in front of you, serving that community back. That's where I'm always going to tell you. But in 2018, The reason we're seeing people at devastating numbers kill themselves is because we were locked and loaded on soul and on just the individual right now. And we're not doing us as community. We're not doing us as love and community. We're not doing community as love and love as community. We're not doing that anymore. We're allowing social media to take up our social time with the family right before dinner and after. And then I hear this all the time. Well, we'd make everybody put their cell phones away at dinner. Well, great. What about the other freaking 23 hours of the day. We've got to allow us to mix among one another. And in that we share our nothing wrong with one another thing. (laughs) I get depressed, you guys. I get angry sometimes. You could ask my family, man. They'll tell you what an angry tyrant I can be. Seriously, I struggle with that. I wish sometimes that I never would have ever heard the word anger because it upsets me so much at how I hurt other people with it. I've told you about my struggles with alcohol. Serious struggles with booze that led me into a crazy funk of depression like you wouldn't believe. I'm sober now, thank God. But it wasn't, it came at the cost of me simply looking at somebody going, yeah, I struggled with booze. 
because I want to check out all the time because I'm because I've got this thing inside me that can't be honest with you about who I am and accepting myself. So I got all these things too, man. I know you do too. So at the end of the day, let's be consciously aware that there's nothing wrong with us and the human condition is what it is and God is in love with us and there's nothing that we can't deal with. Now at that, if you got to take meds, fantastic. Yay, good for you. Take meds, regulate, get on that train, whatever you need to do. If some doctor's looking at you going, hey, you want to know how you can help that thing? Sure, here you go. Test the waters, do whatever you have to do. I'm not going to be so fundamentalist that we go, well, only, only God will help you depression. And I know there's people out there that do that. There's entire church groups and bodies that say medication is of the devil. And that's just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. You all get that. That's common sense. So listen to me. I'm not going to tell you to stop killing yourself. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you to be consciously aware, not only of yourself, but other people around you. Let's get back to community. Let's make a charge to be with the people that we love and the people that love us. And then then let's make a charge to adopt some strangers in our life, like the Uber driver, like the chick that takes the cash at the 7-Eleven, like the guy that delivers the pizza, like the parking lot attendant at the place. Let's make a charge there. But let's, let's kill this idea of terminal uniqueness. And let's kill this idea of hustling and grinding and working nonstop to be number one. Let's stop that. Good people, I'm 41 minutes into it. I apologize for going 11 minutes over. Love you all very much. If you need me, it's jr at jrman.com. jr at jrman.com. Numbers on the website if you want to call, text, or whatever you want to do. I'm a spiritual director and mentor. I would love to be your spiritual director and mentor. Uh, please call me. I'm 51 years old, man. I mean, at 51, you know stuff. And it's not that I'm arrogant about it. I'm just saying, I've been through a lot of junk. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've felt a lot of joy. Mm -mm. And I love you all. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>